Moncrief on News Talk. This will bring you back. Uh, those of you who never went on a holiday and were uh, living in cardboard boxes while you were saving for a house, there was a time in the dim past when children didn't get toys from the toy shops. Rather excitingly, boxes of cereal would contain them, a marketing strategy that harnessed a tidal wave of pester power. Now, nowadays, these toys are amassed by some online collectors, among them Nick Symes, who runs a Cereal Mad YouTube channel. Good afternoon, Nick. Hello there, how are you doing, Sean? Not too bad. What was, like, in, in, in terms of what was the... When did cereal boxes start putting toys in them and when did it come to an end? Well, I mean, it started uh, in the sort of uh, early 50s. They started to put uh, cards in, but it really started off in sort of earnest in about 1957. So uh, that's when Kellogg's uh, sort of kicked off a lot of this stuff with their soda submarine, which was uh, really popular at the time. And it, it sort of carried on right the way through till about probably about 2008, 2009. Wow. And uh, sadly, sadly, after then, uh, I think uh, for various reasons, because of all the sort of drive for healthy eating and uh, maybe the cost production and, and more recently, obviously, plastics as well. I think uh, it's, uh, it's become a, a distant memory. They, they do occasionally come out, but it's uh, very infrequent now. Yeah. And in the, so uh, uh, over those decades, was there, if you like, a golden age of toys and cereal boxes? Oh, it depends. I, I mean, a golden age for me would have been my youth, which is the 70s. But I think everybody's got their golden age from, uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, what they remember as a childhood. So uh, that and I think that's for me the whole the whole, the whole sort of. I guess joy of this is that you just remember that time as a kid when you sort of rush downstairs, you get your new box of cereal, rummage around for the toy and uh, invariably find it was a double or something you'd already got. Um, <laughs> but it was that it was that that joy. So I think for me, that's where the whole nostalgia comes in. And and that's how I would describe the golden age. It's it's different for different people, really. Yeah, but, no, uh, yeah. For me, for me, the seventies that was fantastic. Yeah, because my my memory of it is that what would happen is that they'd you know they'd be say six or eight items to collect, and you, there's always, yeah. always one you could never get. Well, that's the thing, and that, that's why I got back into it. Because, uh, yeah, as a kid, you know, you go and swap them on the playground or, or chew the bits off or whatever. But, uh, yeah, invariably, you never got the full set because you just couldn't eat that much cereal. Yeah. Um, but, but nowadays, with uh, eBay and, uh, and other sort of, uh, sort of areas, collector's fairs, you know, you, you, can, you can quite easily pick these things up, which is yeah. fantastic. And then, you know, it's, it's because it's such a, shall we say, a niche uh, hobby, uh, it's really relatively cheap for most of the bits. Although yeah. the, the good thing is, is it crosses so many genres. You know, you, you've got, I, I'll have as a guess that most collectors of some form or another have got a serial toy in there because they might collect, I don't know, cars or Doctor Who memorabilia or Captain Scarlet or something like that. And invariably, Serials will have covered it in some point in time in the uh, in the past, so uh, they'll have an item in their collection, I'm sure. Uh, and and it, no, I mean, I'm, I'm the only reason I mentioned that, that that you know there was always a schoolyard conspiracy theory that they you know one didn't actually exist; they were just trying to get you to buy more cereal, or they held it back no, for some reason. I'm, 
Absolute myth. Total yeah. myth, that. I mean, there, there was occasionally um, they did limited edition certain colours and things like that, but they very clearly uh, put that on the front of the packet. But uh, no, most of the times it was it was just literally random distribution and, you you know, you got what you got. Mm. Now, for, for, for collectors operating today, you did say there's probably lots of online places where, you know, we can search things out. Is there a basic criterion for the kind of what kind of condition they have to be in? Uh, well, I suppose it all depends on what you're really looking for. I mean, for me personally, I just like to make sure it's I, I used to collect everything mint. I mean, I was that bad and that sad that I used to get everything in their original sort of cellophane bags and uh, and keep them that way. OK, but, I do. I do like also to have a, a set loose because I think that the, you know, the good thing about them is is you can then go and display them. So I've got a, a sort of a little bookshelf in my in my study where you just have some of the ones that were really special to me and you just have them out on display. So, you know, I, I just make sure that they haven't got bits, as I said earlier, chewed off or uh, things missing. But uh, yeah, they're, they're in good condition or very good condition, all the ones that I've got. Okay, right. But, uh, c- c- collector- collectors out there will always want the best best of what they can get out there, you know. They'll, uh, but they, they might uh, sort of, I guess, uh, go for second best if it just means they've got an example of it. Mm, was it all, were they always wrapped in plastic? Or were sometimes uh, they, were they, they just wrapped, bonged they, into they were, the cereal? No, I think that I think they were. It's always difficult to tell, really, isn't it? Because uh, unless you actually see an example, most of them were all opened up. So, of course, the uh, bag was thrown away. But I think most of them were. I mean, certainly Kellogg's used to put them in these sort of little cellophane bags in these sort of uh, 50s, 60s, 70s. And then, of course, they moved into uh, into the sort of see-through plastic bags. Mm. But, uh, yeah, most of the time it's in a, in a bag. Unless, of course, it's a, a card. And a lot of times with the cards... Um, the the uh, cereal companies used to just slip it down in between the packaging and the actual cereal itself, so uh, uh, those those weren't wrapped up. Yeah, and I collect I collect those as well. <laughs> of course you do. The the, the thrill and the, and the packet. Yeah, the, the <laughs> thrill though of when you know your 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 mother was was pouring your cereal into your bowl and then a toy would fall in there. That that was you know that was a fantastic thrill when that happened. Oh no, I didn't even give her a chance to do that. As soon as the cup tried to open the packet, my my hand was down in the back of the cereal, rummaging around, and uh, I was invariably being told to wait. But uh, that wasn't going to happen. The why did they do it? Was it was it just to you know? Did it encourage people to buy cereal or oh, that they were probably buying anyway? Point. Yeah, no, totally, totally. I mean, it was it was obviously about trying to encourage people to buy the cereal, but also I think it's about a sort of a brand loyalty as well. So, uh, you know, you, you, you get a series and then you get the kids uh, eating it uh, frequently enough, then, then they get used to that particular type of cereal. So, uh, you know, I remember as a kid, I used, to, I used to love the Tom and Jerry series that they did in Shredders. And even to this day, Shredders is still my favourite cereal. It's still one by sort of go-to one. Mm. Um, so I, I, think, I think it helps, you know, maybe develop your tastes or whatever. So I'm sure there's some sort of science behind it. Yeah, I, I, but, I, could, but yeah, I could imagine that, that, that the different cereals that, you know, a child would go, oh, my God, you've, you know, you, um, you've got something about whatever TV show you're watching at the time and then something else comes out that's a different TV show, yeah. but you like that one too. And then you're nagging your parents to... Uh, to, to switch cereal to get that, totally, and I think that's that's part of the part of the noise that's been around more recently is that uh, parents have been apparently protesting to the cereal companies to say that uh, you know they don't like this sort of uh, 
uh, grief that they're getting from their children, which is why some of the cereal companies removed the uh, mascots off the top of the uh, off the front of the cereal packets. So you still see things like Coco Monkey on the on the front of uh, Kellogg's, but if you look at uh, Nestle and uh, and you know those sorts of cereals, um, all the mascots have disappeared now. Yeah, the the so for for collectors like you, what's you know what's the more valuable ones? What are the ones that people want to really get their hands on? I mean, I don't collect them because they're too expensive. But the ones that the ones that people tend to really go for are, I would say, Doctor Who is a is a massive uh, a massive theme out there, and uh, uh, some of the Weetabix ones that they issued in the seventies. Uh, you know, you're talking about the cards might go for, I don't know, £20 a card, but the actual packets themselves can quite easily go for, you know, £400, £500. My word. Um, because because if you think about it, most people threw the packets away and kept the gift. Yes. So, uh, and, and that was the beauty of a lot of these cereals, is that they, you know, when you made the packet actually something that you could interact with the, you know, the free gift, that was even better. So I would say... Um, Doctor Who is one. Uh, all the Jerry Jerry Anderson's ones, you know, Captain Scarlet, Thunderbirds, again from the sort of sixties and into the seventies. All those would be massively collectible now as well. So uh, yeah, they, they, they'd be my they'd be my go-to if I could find some of those in a uh, in an attic cell, I'd be laughing. And they all would have been specifically manufactured for the cereal boxes. Totally, yes. Yeah. Uh, in most cases, I think there were some times where, in, certainly more in the sort of um, 2000s, most of them were, uh, oh, sorry, some of them were available commercially. I mean, Kellogg's, Kellogg's had deals with um, people like uh, manufacturers called Crescent, and that they produced these sort of bands, bandsman figure in the, uh, in the late 50s, and then they did Knights and things like that. And they were commercially available, but they were, uh, re sort of molded with the Kellogg's, Kellogg's logo under it, so they they used the sort of mold types for a lot of these that, were, that you could buy in the shops, but they were still very distinctly cereal related, though. Yeah, uh, one of our listeners got a lot of reaction to this actually, Nick. Uh, I remember the really? rows in our household when you discover one of your siblings had robbed the toy as soon as the cereal box was put <laughs> into the press. The injustice. <laughs> I know, and that's, isn't that the beauty of nostalgia? I think that's where, I mean, if, if any of your uh, listeners want to check out my website as well, which is serialoffers.com, you know, I've looked to try and um, sort of archive or keep a sort of a record of all of the offers because the, the sad thing is, is that if you go to the most of the serial companies, there's no archive or reference material for any of this stuff. Mm. So uh, I, I've set up a website about 10 years ago now just to try and document every every single sort of offer that was around that I could come across. And and that's through the help of a lot of other collectors. And we, we've pulled together all this sort of stuff that's, uh, I guess, just there for everybody to re- relive their memories. Yeah. And then more recently, I, I did the uh, YouTube channel that you mentioned where I, I actually, you know, demonstrate and try some of these things out just to see how they work. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good fun. That's on uh, Serial Mad on YouTube. Nick, but, thanks a million uh, yeah, for uh, speaking with us today. That was uh, Nick Symes there, uh, as he said there. His YouTube channel is uh, is called Serial Mad. Uh, one texter says, uh, my favourite collection was Robin Hood and his Merry Men. 
Uh, anyone else remember cornflakes and club milk wrappers uh, for the matchbox cars? And then you were to collect a hundred wrappers for the for the filling station or garage. Nieces to say, I lost my appetite for club milks, uh, says Ed. Uh, oh, Lord, I had a great childhood and a baseball cap for every day of the week by collecting corn pop tokens or having the white plastic bag with a figure inside. Happy days, happy bellies. Uh, says uh, this texter and Kevin says that uh, before plastic toys it was a much more sustainable phenomenon of toys that had to be cut out and constructed from the packet itself I dimly remember from the late 50s an airport building and a selection of planes to populate it there was uh, later a popular series of animal heads yes the, the, yeah you could do that too make things uh, out of it though getting stuff obviously was even better <laughs> Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.